0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another exciting edition of Real Estate Podcast, episode 340. I'm here with Griffin.
1: I'm here with Trav.
2: And we're on the other side of Mount Doom with Adam.
0: We're jumping mm. on bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We made it, guys. Collectively, it we a watched... a long journey. 10, almost 11 hours of movie.
2: And I probably could have sat through another yeah. 10 more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, that's my biggest issue with Return of the King after revisiting everything. Um Two Towers still stands as my favorite. Return of the King is much better now that I'm older, pay a little bit more attention to it, but like it feels like because we have, you know, the the battle sequence in Return of the King, there's like 2 hours of movie left, you know? And after the battle happens, you know, after they try to siege and then and all that plays out, it feels kinda rushed from that point forward. The end. Yeah. And end. I understand why, because they're trying to build tension. You got Frodo and Sam on the side of the mountain. You've got um, you know, Golem showing up and they're like, Look, we gotta have the eye look to us and we gotta assault, you know all this kind of stuff so that we can pull the attention away to give them a clear path and all this. But like <clears throat> from the aftermath of the battle up until the end of the movie, or at least until Frodo, you know, Frodo wakes up on the bed, it felt rushed for me personally. And Cause I could have continued to watch another two, three hours of like, here's the aftermath of the battle. We're going to catch up with everybody for just a second. Figure out what's going on, you know. You know what I mean, like how, and they do that, but they just do it like one shot se- se- sequences at a time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's my personal feelings on it. What, what, what about you guys?
0: I never thought I'd die fighting next to an elf. And he yeah, went, he mean, looked at him and he went, "How about a friend?" Yeah, and he was like, "I like that. You should <laughs> make one too." You know.
2: personally i I felt engaged enough that i that although that is true uh i I didn't necessarily it didn't really it wasn't these movies were and and granted i'm biased because i you know i thought we all have a little bias with it because they're we've seen them before they're great films they're deserving of all the awards etc whatever but it didn't in my viewing it didn't necessarily stand out to me um, mm. this go around, I actually had more. I ha, I enjoyed Return of the King a hell of a lot more this go around, and I yeah, didn't. I, and same. I wasn't sure as that I would as much considering. I, what you were saying, those issues with the pacing and everything at the end of the movie. Yeah, I felt like the extended edition allowed it to breathe more. I guess yeah. and. It was such it was such a, a, a an interwoven story with all these different characters that at the end I always was like man this, like it, this movie it's the movie that doesn't know how to end because it's like you have the the you have the sequence after Mount Mount Doom where everyone reunites for a second and then all right guys let's see Bilbo off one more fucking time all yeah. right let's see these guys off. You, you know it kept. Cutting the white, cutting the white, cutting the white, but it just it it took all those scenes because each person needed to be seen off pro- properly, and it it felt like they did they did a good job with it in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's just I wanted more. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh I wanted yeah, more, yeah, yeah. You know?
2: That's that for sure. Like the minute the minute Sam walks through the door at the end, man. Yeah. I was like, "All right, next adventure, let's do it." And it's like, yeah. Yeah, "It's fucking over, bro." Like, go live yeah. your life. <laughs> and it's yeah, because that that's something that I did notice as well is that this was one of those trilogies, just like with Back to the Future. Um, when it's over, you have kind of a small void because you're like, dude, like, because you yeah. get really invested in it, in the story, you're loving the world and all that stuff, and you know, yeah kind no, of had a little think. kind of had a little post uh lord of the rings depression for a brief moment once the credits rolled but you know it this movie had like from like what I, to kind of spin off of what adam was saying with the uh the quotes man like each one by the time you get to these moments man you're just like damn yeah uh for me it was like when uh frodo and sam on the side of the mountain frodo succumbing to the rings uh seduction you know and and yeah uh there's that whole part where where sam's like i can't carry the ring but i can carry you and fucking picks his ass up yeah. starts carrying him to the you know you're like "Fuck yeah dude yeah
0: that fucking song starts playing yeah
2: yeah
1: Uh, and that's what, okay. That's another thing that I wanted to bring up too because we've, we've kind of hit on it a little bit here and there, but I've, I've unintentionally avoided Sam this whole time because he really shines.
2: Well, he, 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 to me, kind of really the the main star. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the thing Sam was always the, 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 the bastion of like, complete good
0: yeah how bad that did you that fucking
2: that rain when he tells him him. to go home and he's like Mm -hmm. he just cries on the side of the mountain well like well throughout the whole yeah throughout yeah and, and those moments were like they hit you so hard because all throughout the story just about everyone except for aragorn like well, well, even with Aragorn, like there's all there's all these moments where everyone, where the ring tempts them, yeah. but for Sam to be next to Frodo the whole journey, yeah, and not once be like, "Give me that fucking ring, dude."
1: Yeah, right. He he is the embodiment of the audience, right? Because like, yeah, he's all, a, yeah, he's us, yeah, yeah. Because we as the audience wants to see the ring destroyed. We want to see the good guys win he is the he is us pushing the the plot along it's a brilliant fucking like tool that 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 the writer used you know what i mean like yeah. having the audience and the reader's embodiment into one specific character that's kind of like not even quote unquote the main character or everybody's favorite character but they're so important to the story it's it's phenomenal, dude. Oh my god.
2: Well, I mean, and... if you well, you realize too that like if Sam wasn't there, the quest would have they wouldn't have made it. They would not have made it out of the end, dude.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it but was But the
2: but the same, but like you said, the 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 uh you know, everyone was so integral to the story at least on the fellowship. that if any one character, even Gimli, if none of them were there, like nothing, like it was the one in 14 million for Lord of the Rings, you
1: know? Right. Yeah. Such a good job, man. And dude, I mean, Sean Astin, like, look, but he's never going to top. And there's a lot of people like, uh, Vigo, Never going to be able to top this character. Never going to be able to top this performance. Great actors, man. But, like, they just embodied those characters so perfectly and acted their ass off. It was just, it was beautiful, you know? Well,
0: you know, like Elijah Wood, he's done other stuff, but he's fucking Frodo
2: Baggins, dude. I
1: mean, he'll forever
0: be
2: forever Frodo. Well, another thing that, uh, that I thought was badass is something I noticed this go around throughout uh, throughout the story, or at least from from two towers onward. Because <clears throat> I mean, the Battle of Minas Tirith was pretty insane.
1: Yeah, legit.
2: Um, I mean we got we got the ride right, we had the ride of the Roarum go down. Hmm. Um. But one of the things... One of the characters... Because, I mean, the main characters were all great and everything. But, guys, how fucking badass is Theoden in this movie?
1: Dude, he is fucking incredible, right?
2: Um, I mean, dude... Like, because something that I started noticing uh, in this is that, like... So, in Two Towers, when they roll up and Gandalf, like... Brings him back, you know.
1: Yeah. Sends worm tongue to the fucking sheets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> from that moment on, every scene, and I, and I want and like to me, I'm like, dude, this like this dude's acting his ass off. Yeah. Each scene that the the actor playing Theoden, uh, from that moment forward up until he he eventually dies in in Return of the King. Every scene, he becomes more braver, mm-hmm. more no, like like his strength returns to him. Yeah, and he gets just more ep- like he gets more badass by the fucking minute. Like you yes. realize, like why Sauron had to keep a lid on his ass.
1: Yeah, and dude, that speech that he gives, like whenever they the riders yes. all crest that hill, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna fucking die today, guys, but they're gonna have to fucking bring us down. Let's fucking do this shit." Like. That, that scene, and then... Um...
2: So, speaking of which, I'm going to post this uh, for Adam to, uh, to to throw on the production uh, thing. with the, the, I, We can either watch it at trailer time, or we can watch it now. I've been waiting for this moment, because I, I saw this a, lo- a long time ago and thought it was really, really badass. Mm-hmm. But someone actually took um, a clip of J.R.R. T- Tolkien reading that moment, uh, where they're all lined up on the hill mm-hmm. and every like Hard lord of the rings uh uh like novel purists or film purists like or whatever you could you can say what you want about it this is this shit is almost one-to-one dude hell yeah like you like it like it's pretty badass dude he you, you're hearing him read it so it's an old-ass recording But if you just listen to it and everything, when we get to it, man, it's fucking badass. And I think it's worth
1: checking out. Yeah. We should go out on it. Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to throw in there was like, and I completely forgot about this whole little side plot that happened. Until the rewatch fucking, um, has a funeral. (laughs) <laughs> oh While yeah this dude bat, when
0: that happened i was like is this extra yeah i was, I, was like,
1: I for completely forgot i'm like this dude they're doing the funeral and dude's like he's still alive like what the fuck yeah. are we doing right now yeah. he goes in there and he's like this we need more friend. wood yeah. we need more oil like, we're fixing to light this bitch up dude
0: because he's like we're gonna die so, yeah so might as well just i'm go taking out, my ride. boy and me yeah. We're going out on. Going out. How good was that yeah. actor? When he, oh, was, he um, was sitting there at that table <laughs> I... eating. Yeah, yeah and, and, and talking. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and just he, like, uh... he was like just he played that prick, man. Yeah. He was like, Dragon Slayer.
2: As a side note, he he was really good in that that short-lived show called uh, Fringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was really good in it. John Noble.
1: But yeah, I completely forgot that 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 whole sequence, that whole subplot was that happened. Because there's so much stuff that's happening, you know, of course. A lot, yeah. Yeah. But like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, he's going to fucking murder suicide <laughs> while the battle is happening. And he's like, we got to get Gandalf up here. And Gandalf's like, dude, what the fuck, man? And what about Gandalf in war mode? Like, this oh, is the dude. first time... Where he's yeah, like yes. calling
0: shit out. Everybody get on yes. the date, bang
1: the door. This is For the dream. first time we see him go full like uh battle battle handoff.
2: Now now granted, I I my viewings of two towers in Return of the King kind of bleed in together. Mm. Um I believe it's in Return of the King, but it's that shot where he's he's on Greyfax yeah and he is hauling ass across the plains and he casts light on yeah. rohan and the nazgul yeah while they're and chasing he's the, his, and he's bear holding this that is so fucking that was so fucking epic
1: in my opinion dude yeah he he is a bad and he's when he shows up and old Denither is like fuck it he's like i'm taking control of this situation he's like you're sending them home they're fucking. They're already at home. What are you doing? Like we yeah. gotta fight these motherfuckers. This is it. The elephants.
0: Oh, dude.
1: Yeah. Oh that my only god. Kept one. Yeah, that was fucking. And then, dude. Of course, Aragorn. Like his whole, his whole. Like, if you want to talk about like main characters, you know what I mean. I would say Sam. Oh, d- on that side and then of course Aragorn on the other side and Gandalf to an extent but like he has his full his full arc laid out right there like he he doesn't want to be king he knows he's got to become king he's oh, like
2: and it's all summed up beautifully when yes. Elrond rolls up and he's like look man your chick ain't coming with you but yeah. you need to get your shit together and fucking be the king and he's like man Ain't nobody going to listen to me. And he's like, bitch, brought a gift and brings out the damn sword. Yeah. He's like, you need to go round up some dead motherfuckers, man. Yeah. So he casts his fucking mana. He plays army of the dead. And I thought it was like, I, I don't know how, I don't know about you guys, but like this go around, like watching it, like that moment when, when everything's done post battle, and and the fucking dead come up to You're him, they're like, I,
0: "Release us!" It's like we got one that, more
2: fight, motherfucker. You know, like, 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 <laughs> like, to, to, like, okay. So to shorthand it all, the king of like the king of of man mm-hmm. summons an army of dead of the dead, mm-hmm. saves the the day with it, and then he forgives the dead and releases them from their bondage. Yeah was a sword forged from the fucking Elven Empire. Yeah. How goddamn cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Like fucking legendary stat. Dude, the part that I fucking lost it at, <laughs> we were talking about this last night, but the part that fucking, that I just fucking lost all control of everything was whenever you sit, he gets crowned. It's after, you know, when they're having the celebration, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he he s sees everybody, acknowledges everybody. And then he walks up to the hobbits and the hobbits are bowing and he's like, Oh no, you bow to no man. And then he bowed like, dude, every Gut fucking punch. Yeah, dude, Gut every punch, fucking dude. time. Like, I'm just like, this is the guy that like single handedly, like well not single handedly, but like did everything in his power to stop everything from coming to an end on his side. He became king. He got the girl. He, you know what I'm saying? Like he won the hero's journey and he's like, no, 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 no,
2: no. I ain't the hero of the story. No, you are like, yes.
1: And that's, it just means so much. You know what I mean? Like it's.
2: Well, like, well, even well, like at the very, very end when they do the assault on the black gate. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything for himself, for man, for whatever. Like, they all charge in for the fucking hobbits, man. Mm-hmm. Like purely for them, and yeah. like the like once again, dude. Like the story's overarching themes of friendship, yes, have such massive payoffs in this, and you can tell, like from I mean, you know, to bleed a little bit of of everything. Tolkien craft as a story in the midst of like some of the shittiest times. <laughs> Yeah. To be, you know, in global events, like, you know. Yeah. So you can tell a lot of that bled over in into this, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, just the only way, like, yeah, because, like, all throughout all of it, the, the big underlying theme is, like, man, when shit seems like it is at its fucking worst, man, like. Yeah. You can't do it alone. Yeah, like that—that's the one that—that that seems to be the underlying theme of the movie. Is like there are some tasks that like you're gonna have to see it through yourself if it's your own personal arc, but you're not gonna be able to just solo and you can't solo queue in this and in, in in your journey, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And it, yeah, fucking. What yeah. more can I mean? I I can't really say any much more on it, dude. The movie's fucking amazing. The film yeah. series, I mean, there's a reason. Why it won all the shit that did. Yeah. And, and why, and, and once again, why I'm still, I've, I feel like I've, I've been slapped in the face watching these movies because it's like, it shook me out of this like coma that shit like Marvel and Star Wars has put me in. Yeah. It's made me, it's made me really realize like, dude, we've been gypped for a while. Yeah. In terms of Hollywood production. And it's not to discredit the visual effects artists that make these spectacle movies what they are today, but you can tell something's lost. Like if you yeah. can, if, if if somebody can sit through these that have never seen them, and then turn around and go try to watch like you know any of the early MCU and stuff, sure you'll like them for what they are, but like you'll realize on a production level that like we've been kind of screwed over a bit yeah or at least or at least companies aren't willing to let people truly just see their vision out
1: exactly right exactly and that's the thing i was watching an interview earlier today with um peter jackson and the interviewer was like um you know the the message behind the story and the message behind the lord of the rings he's like you know, are you? Is there going to be anything sprinkled in? And he's like, "Well, these these are Middle Earth problems. These aren't these aren't our problems. Why would I want to not only like desecrate the message that was intended in the original source material, but also pull that message down with all this political stuff that's happening?" And it was, I it, it was a click moment. You know what I mean? I was like. That's absolutely correct, because, and, like, not to get too far out there on this topic, but, like, you know, there's there's things that are written, there's source material, there's things that exist specifically with these messages and things in mind, and they're there for a reason, they're impactful for a reason, and if they're adapted well and and adapted correctly, then they're impactful to a much wider audience.
2: Well, they become timeless.
1: Exactly. So... Trying to mold what shouldn't be, like we've seen with the Rings of Power or whatever that Amazon show is, trying to mold that into something that it never was supposed to be in the first place, doesn't doesn't work out the way that the studios and the writers and everybody else that's involved thinks it's going to work out. There's a, like like the Guardians of the Galaxy three thing. There's no message or hidden agenda there. You've got a good guy. You've got good guys. You've got the bad guy. You've got animal cruelty is like the only real message, but you've got friendship. What's more universal across all of humanity than you got this and you're not alone. You've got people there to back you up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and to me, it's just like hats off to him. Even back in the day, you know, whenever these movies were released that he stuck true to what Tolkien's, you know, original message was and like and conveyed it in such a beautiful way. It's just hats off to him for for that, you know? And it's it's you know, like I said, I've had an eye-opening experience while watching this as well and I've come to a lot of the same conclusions that like I don't our fandom is being preyed upon. You know what I mean? <laughs> our fandom yeah. is absolutely being is being cannibalized for, for money. And like, this is a, this is a rare situation, a rare instance where like fandom and, and, and intent and, and staying true to what the original was all coalesced into something incredible. And that's all I got to say about it. It was, (laughs) it's, it was a great, it was a great ride, man. It was. And, I, I have a feeling that like, I'm going to put this into the yearly rotate. Cause like I said, dude, this is the first time I've watched these movies since they, since the extended cuts dropped back in the day mm. and I'm, I'm, they're going into rotation.
2: Well, this was my first, my first foray into the extended editions. Uh, my personal copy of the films were always the theatrical cuts, which they're great on their own. You know, yeah. they serve their purpose and they scratch the itch for sure. Um, But I do think that whenever I do return back to these movies, I'm probably going to have to keep the standard at the extended editions now. They are the superior way to take in this story for sure. Yeah, it adds a little more (laughs) runtime to your viewing for sure, but I think it's absolutely worth it, man.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it was. Are y'all going full star then? No, just kidding.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's an honorable mention to give to here. Um, tip of the hat to composer Howard Shore. Oh, man. Um, the music for this is in, like, this music was so good, Zack Snyder took it for the Superman teaser. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That was something that, 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 I'd seen on Twitter, um, well X or whatever, um, someone had, uh, you know, someone, you know, I, I have a few Snyder things that I follow, and uh, someone had posted in the in the for you the original Man of Steel teaser, and sh- sure enough, like in one of the comments, someone was like funny how they use the Gandalf death music where you know where it's where you just hear the the high pitch the like I didn't I never put two and two together but it was it was funny but yeah Howard Shore though like I said a hell of a score um I still think the 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 piece he wrote over the sequence of Gandalf and the Balrog fighting, is, I mean, dude, it gets the chef's kiss, man. Yeah. And, uh, epic. Yeah. And, you know, kind of what Griffin was saying, though, um, in a way, like, and I know you and I have, um, have, have talked about this before on and off pod. Um, but the, uh, the weaponization, of media and putting in putting in agendas. I mean, I know that's a buzzword. I know yeah. that it's a quick way for people to start rolling their eyes and stuff, but it's true, man. And when mm-hmm. you go back and watch something like this, it, it only becomes more blatantly obvious. Wow. Well, like so
0: many older movies. There's a lot of them, you know, that are just they it's different.
2: It really is. Like I watched, something's uh, Mystic Something's River, lost, and you know, uh, with my grandfather.
0: Good movie, man. Yeah. I ain't seen that in a minute. And 2003 yeah. is when that came out, but it's kind of, it doesn't, you know, it's back when they just made movies. The reason we watched this because we watched The Drop, and that's that guy, um, Dennis um Lahina, something like that. He wrote, yeah, you know, Gone Baby Gone. The Drop yeah. was really good. It was James Gandolfini's last
2: movie. I think I remember when that was advertised.
0: 2014. Or... I heard him talking about it being his last movie. I was watching an interview because I'd been watching some Sopranos. Yeah. And I heard it mentioned and went and watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, it's got Tom Hardy in it, you know? Um, but that's the guy that, that did Shutter Island.
1: Is The drop, is that the one where he adopts the uh, dog? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Me and Marina watched that. They're you doing know, the... this... Dude, that
2: ending, though. Yeah, right. I never see you yeah. coming, do they, Bob? Um, the Sopranos was always one of those shows that I don't think I could ever rewatch again, but I'm glad I did watch it. Yeah. I'm glad I got a one view and got, you know, a one and done under it.
1: Drop was good. I it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I remember that was one of the first like Tom Hardy movies that I, that I watched cause it came out what? 2014, 15, 2014. Yeah, yeah. So I remember
2: what was the movie where it was him and Shia LaBeouf and they play like some bootlegger uh, son? Um, oh man, it wasn't. He, he always wore he always wore a cardigan and wall, like oh yeah, he, he had, tall, had a, he really like room. You know, he had that mountain kind of
0: man.
3: Daughter,
0: yeah. yeah, I rem- uh, LaBeouf
1: and Tom Hardy. Yeah, I remember watching um, that. It was good. What was it? Not the drop. It was lawless lawless 2012 that was good yeah oh yeah yeah because the first thing i saw him in was inception and i was like this dude's gonna be big and then i watched uh the drop after that we were on vacation and it was playing on like uh hbo or something and i was like oh this got that dude from uh I'm
2: not sure how long after that I think I I think I ended up watching Bronson. Oh yeah, right. And was <laughs> and was like and was like, um, yeah, like I'm fucking down, dude. Yeah, it's a, to me the the scene that won me over is Tom Hardy for Tom Hardy as an actor is that scene in Bronson where. One, is, one one side of his face is painted, and he's having a conversation with himself.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: And the way he just flips sides and talks and just kind of bitches himself out and everything. I was like, dude, that's some good some good delivery.
1: He owns some other stuff, you know?
2: I mean, and I mean, since we're already in Bronson territory, the whole part where he fucking has that guy come in his cell, and he locks yeah. it, and he goes, he turns, he's like, shut up, you cunt! Got- yeah. He throws him the Vaseline. And he's like, "Rub me down quickly," you know. And he fucking, you know, he does that shit. And then he just proceeds to beat the fucking shit out of like four guardsmen. <laughs> just like, so uh, did y'all
1: rate it? Full In my fucking abs- star. Yeah, yeah. It gets a full ring, right?
0: Yeah, that happened. You must have when you dropped because I said, "I guess y'all are giving it a star, right?" Yeah. And after we it gets just
2: like, the coveted, first yeah. He the coveted golden real estate Smeagol.
1: Oh God. Do we- <laughs> I forgot no, that no, he no. bit that, his that finger off? Like I <sighs> completely forgot that Golem bites Freddo's finger off. I'm like, holy fuck he's going in on this right, dude. Man.
0: Oh yeah, that was pull the ring off.
1: Yeah,
2: right. I mean I mean, dude, the way he fucking dies, dude. He's falling into that volcano. He like he is very much aware he's dead. But he yeah. does not give a fuck. He's got that ring and he he like he, he achieved his plan. That's one thing too. Smeagol actually executed his plan to get the ring. Yeah. Like he won. Yeah. But he didn't win.
1: I got a little bit of movie news, if y'all are ready to touch on this real quick. So Tron Ares is to finally. Wait, oh, hey, are we
2: filming. are we? Did we? What? Did we cover? Did we cover Loki? It
0: was last week, wasn't it?
1: it? Yeah, the last episode came out. last.
2: Oh, this is a long ass movie, guys. So I, was, I was just for some reason I thought we didn't go over it. No, yeah, uh, okay, my bad. Yeah. my
1: bad. I'm pretty sure we went over it last week, right? That was the. I don't know. <laughs> I think we did though, right? Let's see when, did when that the episode last come
0: episode out? aired. Yeah. It was Good November the
1: 9th. Oh, yeah, we definitely. So, okay. We definitely touched on it last episode, yeah. But, uh, uh so, tr- Tron Aries. So, now that the writers and actors' strikes are resolved, Disney's third Tron film is finally slated to get cameras rolling. Tron Ares, the long-awaited sequel to Tron Legacy, has been the topic of conversation for years now and is currently set to be directed by Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Helmer, Yakum, Ronin, Ronining, I don't know, with Jared Leto in the lead role. While production on the film has seen multiple delays, it now looks as though things will start up in the next month or two. According to a new report from Collider, Tron Aries is expected to get, begin production in Vermont, or not Vermont, in Vancouver, uh, right after the, quote-unquote, after the holidays. So it seems late, like a late December or early January start date could be expected. Uh, in addition, Le- Toledo, Tron Aries stars Evan Peters, Greta Lee, Jody Turner-Smith, and Cameron Monaghan. The property is a hot one for Disney, especially after the recent opening of the Tron light cycle run attraction debut at Walt Disney world earlier this year. Um, yeah, I'm a producer on whatever the upcoming film becomes and hopefully we'll get to make it one day soon, but we're still in, in development on it. producer, Justin Springer told comic earlier this year. And there's not much that I can say about that just because we want to get everything in order. And we want to make sure we have a movie that feels like it meets the ambition of the things that have come before it. So I would love to do it. And I think now the ideas that we've explored in Tron and where you uh, would imagine those ideas evolving to are more relevant than they've ever been. So it feels like the right time. And there's a giant ride here now. And there's one in Shanghai. But we have to get it right. We have to get the story and we have to get the team right. And there's uh, and so there's still stuff to do before we have much to say about the movie. Steven Lisberger, the director of the original Tron, isn't fully involved in the new fan- franchise entry, but is offering some advice and guidance on bringing another Tron to life. I play the Obi-Wan role where less is more. Uh, Liz Berger told comicbook.com ideally I could give them three sentences. That's all they would need, but I'm not down to three sentences yet. Okay. So we've got another (laughs) Tron movie and with Jared Leto, like that's interesting, but is he going to be like the villain?
2: Yeah. I mean, mean,
1: Evan Peters is kind of a big deal. So,
2: well, well, with Aries, obviously, some you know, some sort of type of wars coming to the grid. Yeah. But the only thing that that, that kind of, I hate that that the reason it's being, you know, fast forward is is because of the fucking ride that kind of cheapens it a bit. mm mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I feel like Tron is one of Disney's IPs that I mean, maybe I, I just live under a rock, but I feel like it doesn't get quite the love it it, it deserves. Not like it did yeah. back,
0: like it did in 2009. Was that when that one came out? Um yeah. Legacy like the was...
2: Up the release and 3D. Legacy, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I just, I wonder how they're going to up, like kind of what dude was talking about, how they're going to up the ante a little bit. Because, I mean, when that movie dropped, that was one of... To me, it, it was still probably of that little era of let's pump out 3D movies. Like, yeah. you know, um, I would say it, it was one of the better. Yeah, it was up sure. there. It was up there with the Avatar, honestly. Yeah. In terms of uh, feeling like you got your money's worth out of it. Because the. Because um, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I, I was mouth breathing the whole fucking time I was watching that movie in theaters.
1: Yeah. Well, and to me, it felt like it feels like Tron's always one of those properties that like a lot of people reference, a lot of people love, a lot of people enjoy, they take inspiration from, but it feels like something that Disney has never really wanted to take many risks with it. Um, And now, like, is now the right time to take another risk on it? Sure. I mean, they're losing the Marvel fandom. They're losing the Star Wars fandom. Why not take a risk on Tron? um but we'll we'll see like we'll just have to wait and see how they make it work because if it's like to me Jared Leto if he's if he's in the movie and more more likely play a villain is it going to be a cut and paste of the villain role from Blade Runner 2049 like what well, what are we doing here and and with the well, the way that technology is advancing it's like are we getting to that point where they're not going to be going into it where yeah, it's that's, manifesting that's, itself in real life I f-
2: yeah i feel like ob- the obvious route is that they're gonna find a way of bringing bringing the grid world into the real world like they're gonna find a way to either use ai and augmented reality to kind of have it to where like that would be a cool twist on it where you have a character like like another descendant of Flynn, Mm -hmm. uh dealing with with all of the you know all the knowledge of what you know the past two movies have figured out you know and how they're going to be able to manifest tron back and keep him still like the one they've gotta to get to be like man you you gotta help us like wake you know bringing him out of the you know breaking him out of the system and making him actually do his thing
1: right, it's gonna be interesting, and I think that they could do it, and I think that if they use inspiration for something like um if they didn't wanna bring it to real life, if they would use um ready player one type of inspiration there where like people are almost living in this augmented reality world now. And what does that look like whenever you have millions of people plugging into that augmented world, augmented reality world on a daily basis? And what, what's the how ramifications? You,
2: yeah. Like, how do you turn, how do you turn, they, how do you take the movie? They live and, and apply it to Tron. Yeah. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, here's the thing about tron
2: for but i mean oh. i don't and i don't mean to interrupt but honestly if it ain't broke don't fix it the, the aesthetic of legacy i think would still fucking hold up man yeah the, I agree. the design of that world everything was gorgeous that's just the thing about that movie is it looked it was it was it was so aesthetically pleasing to watch
1: yeah so, I mean, for me with Tron, it's one of those things where it's like I can take it, I can leave it, you know. Like I'm happy with what we've got. Yeah, I'm excited for, sure. for more, you know. But like, am I like over here like, bro, fucking Tron? We need one <laughs> now. Like, I'm like, mm. no. You know, we'll-
2: it's one of those. It's one of those pleasant surprises.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Like, and, and and I think that's also where to circle back to uh how, how like what I was saying with it being. Kind of this under underappreciated IP that Disney's got, that also is a great advantage because it's going to allow it's going to allow this to cook at a perfect time, you know. Yeah. And yeah. maybe we'll get served up something really yeah. fucking good. Time really for a cool. Brain.
1: Yeah. From the other. Speaking of blast from the past here. Jordan Pill is remaking The People Under the Stairs. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jordan Peele's The People Under the Stairs, a reboot of Wes Craven's 91 horror flick, is progressing. According to Deadline Doom Patrol scribe, Ezra Clayton Daniels has joined the team for Pill's anticipated film and will write the screenplay. Daniels collaborated with Peele for his New York Times bestselling Out There Screaming, an anthology of new black horror an exploration of the horrors, both supernatural and societal, that haunt our nation. Daniels is known for creating the graphic novels BTTM, FDRS, and Upgrade Soul, uh, which both earned nominations for the Eisner, Harvey, and Ignitz Awards. The latter graphic novel was adapted into an Audible original series and is in development as a film. Daniels has written mul- multiple episodes of Max's Doom Patrol, a segment for the Black Horror Anthology Horror Noir, and for the Sissy Spec-led Night Sky series. Since his directorial feature debut, Get Out, uh, Pill has proven to be a genre visionary, offering satirical commentary on themes like class, race, and gender through horror. People Under the Stairs is a collaboration between Pill's Monkey Paw Productions and Universal Studios, with Pill and partner Wim... Rosenfeld attached to the project as producers no word yet on whether pill will be at the helm for this one the project which was first announced three years ago is still in early development so pill was a producer on um the candy man reboot
3: mm-hmm.
1: well it was more like a continuation like a legacy sequel but I really enjoyed uh I really enjoyed the new version of Candyman. so even if he's not attached to like write and or direct it, it's still fascinating and i i'm it's gonna be it's gonna be good regardless if he's gonna attach his name to it right like he ain't gonna allow some bullshit to slip out right Mm-mm. so but this is crazy, man, like the people under the stairs is getting a reboot, mm. you know
2: one of yeah my i, I I think it's safe that, you know, what would, what would now be more obscure movies, you know, mm-hmm. for general audiences. It's cool that he's he's doing the reboot game with, you know, kind of picking and choosing it. I wonder yeah. who's um, going to play Dave Mustang. Looking general. I mean, <laughs>
1: because he's in the he movie. He could come back. Yeah, he could come back, though.
2: I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> my personal favorite movie from him is Nope. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm down for it. He hasn't, he hasn't dropped the, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, missed a hit yet, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm excited to see how, how that, uh, comes out. Cause I mean, it's crazy that Jordan Peele, who's like doing some pretty interesting and original things with horror movies. Is doing a remake of a West Craven flag. You know what I mean? And it's not like West Craven, West Craven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not a big, high profile property.
2: Oh, well, I mean, you can, but you can, you can tell that, or at least, at least to me, the pivotal moment where I was like, yeah, Jordan peels down with some, some classics was just the way he did, the way he crafted us.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, just a lot, just the way he did that movie gave me vibes of like, like, like those movies could be on the same shelf with like Wes Craven and Carpenter and all of those guys.
3: Yeah.
0: Dude, I saw so. that movie when I was five and I was like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait a yeah. minute. Now. These
0: people are putting their kids, they're getting these kids, adopt them, have them, put them under and their brother and sister. I'm just like what?
1: Yeah, wait a minute. Mm. I, I haven't watched it in so long. Like if I watched it now, it would be like a fresh view. You know, it's
2: one of those movies you traumatize your kids with to make them behave. That's what my
0: grandmother did.
2: <laughs> <For real. laughs> I was shocked to me. That.
0: She's the one that would yeah. let me watch like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. She was trying to scare Dude, me. Dude,
2: that fucked yeah. me up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. that's what she she thought was funny that i didn't want to walk home at night and i was having night terrors you know yeah yeah real funny
2: i just i feel like one of the the scary. i mean (laughs) i mean regardless of age but if you think about of like being a child like the concept of a body snatcher that like uh like like a face that is supposed to be familiar and comforting is actually trying to fucking kill you yeah that's yeah frightening
0: you know, Barbarian right. was real close to kind of people under the yeah. stairs. Like, it kind of different, but I could see the influence uh,
2: there. I'm hoping maybe this works to where he will eventually, you know, and I'm sure he could walk into the studio right now and probably be like, hey, I want to I redo this, you know, s- seminal horror film. And they're like, yeah, go for it. Here's all the money in the world. Uh, just on the just on the merits of what he's already put out, and it'd probably do fine. But it would be it would be cool that he's just he's just building a resume to where eventually he's like, all right, I'm going I'm going to tackle a, a behemoth of a of a movie. I'm gonna do it my way and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, throw his taste and flavor into it. Yeah, and give us you know, imagine if he could somehow uh, get a hold of one of the 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 slasher characters and just what he could do. Like, what if like would you watch a Jordan Peele Friday the Thirteenth movie? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Because here here's what Jordan Peele, at least from like which Candyman was kind of the perfect property for that to go. Oh, the for way sure. It, the way that it did, but like what Jordan Peele is going to do, or at least whatever he puts his attaches his name to, is like. Look, if there's like political commentary and social commentary and all that kind of stuff in the film, sure, make it tasteful, make it make sense, but also acknowledge what came before it.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and with, and, and you know how, like, and, and the thing with Candyman, though, is that it just, it was just him producing it. So yeah. I try not, so I don't, that, that's, that's my, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, man, I'd like to see him specifically sit down, pen to paper, and write out one of these, you know, type of reboots and stuff.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And it, this this is going to be a really cool uh, first outing of him trying to do that.
1: Yeah. So, and I like the, uh, I like Doom Patrol. So, them pulling the rider, one of the riders from Doom Patrol over because oh, Doom it's Patrol. In good hands. Yeah. Yeah, because Doom Patrol has some like really we wild out there ideas and it it translated well to the small screen. So I'm I'm interested to see how, how some of those ideas similar to that'll translate to the big big screen, you know, so Yeah. So speaking of Disney, Disney is no longer releasing Austin Butler and Tom Hardy's the bike riders. So the bike riders starring Austin Butler, Jody uh, Comer and Tom Hardy will no longer be released by Disney. A new report from Jeff Snyder reveals the drama, which is set in the 1960s and follows the rise of a fictional Chicago motorcycle club, was removed from the Disney release schedule just two months before it was due to land in theaters, with The House of Mouse now reportedly dropping out of distribution. New Regency, the studio that finite, financed the bike riders, will now shop the movie around and seek out a new distributor and are, quote, open to all possibilities, including a streaming release. No reason for Disney's decision has been given, but it is possible that the issues that have arisen from the now-concluded actor strike led to the studio backing out in order to prioritize other projects. The Bike Riders has been well-received by critics so far, with MovieWeb's own Patrick Hayes, Uh, heaping praise on the vision of director Jeff Nichols. The Bike Riders was recently delayed amid the SAG-after strike while the movie, which stars Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, and Tom Hardy, had been given a release date of uh, December 1st, 2023. The film was pushed back after talks between the actors' union and the studios yielded no results. At present, The Bike Riders does not have a release date at all. While the bike riders is now unlikely to land in December, several other major motions, nope, several <laughs> several other major projects are set for release, including the action outing Silent Night, uh, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, um, Wonka, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, The Iron Claw, The Color Purple, um, Renaissance, a film by B- Beyonce, apparently. It's like a concert it's,
0: movie thing.
1: Yeah, which is due for release on December the first. Yeah, so it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that Disney kind of backed out because, like, I mean, of course, this isn't. Uh, What's well, rated you know, R? Well, it's rated R. But like, dude, they've got Fox. They could have rolled sure. under the Fox banner. And like, it's got an
0: eighty-five percent. Yeah. So Apparently on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like, why would you?
1: Well, what happens in the movie that they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna.
0: Yeah, it has to be something so, like that
1: yeah right, so, and it's but it's a bike gang from the sixties, yeah, what can you expect to be in that movie, yeah, if it's period Kinda appropriate break
0: your agenda into that right
1: yeah, let's Blood be Mobile fair here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh but I mean, look, it's a win win either way, the movie's gonna get released, I'm looking forward to it, it looks great. It could go straight to streaming, which is great. That means we get to watch it sooner. It could go to theaters. It could do a simul release if they wanted to do that. Uh, Either way, it's a win-win for us. I think Warner
0: Brothers will pick it up.
1: Yeah. I think it'll
0: go HBO if not the theaters.
1: Yeah. Here's what would be be... What if the Bike Riders comes out and it makes like a billion dollars? Yeah, I hope it does. And Disney's like, dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Kathleen! Yeah. So... But at least, and I'm I'm really am excited for it. I think Austin Butler's going to kill it. And of course, Tom Hardy. I mean. Yeah. So, it's going to be good. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, Taika Waititi thinks his Star Wars movie will, quote, piss people off. So, Taika Waititi is one of the directors who will be behind one of the many upcoming Star Wars projects and it seems that he already knows that his film will be controversial and will generate mixed reactions from fans. In addition to having experience within Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe as a director and actor participating in the Thor saga, Watiti has already been part of the Star Wars universe, directing and starring in The Mandalorian. In addition, his close relationship with Disney goes even further, having participated in the Toy Story spinoff Lightyear. So, no one was surprised when Lucasfilm confirmed that the filmmaker had been chosen to direct a new movie set in a galaxy far, far away. Project has suffered several delays, especially due to the busy schedule of Watiti, who this week is releasing his most recent movie, Next Goal Wins. But it is expected that he will be able to make uh, considerable progress on his Star Wars movie in the coming months, and it seems that he already knows the film will have an impact. Speaking with a Variety, at the premiere of Nick Skull Wins, he was asked to describe his Star Wars project, and the director revealed that it will be controversial. Quote, it will be, dramatic pause, a Taika Waititi film. It's going to piss people off. The filmmaker did not reveal many more details, and in fact, very little is known about his film. So there is still a long way to go before we know if it will really be a problem. be as problematic as he says. Here's what I'll say, though he already knows what he's going up against, right? Oh, so it's going to th-
0: piss. Me- Is it a new star Wars movie?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's going to piss people off. So that's even if the it's que- great. Yeah. So that's the question. Is he feeding into just the, just getting the, ahead of it? The fandom. Yeah. He's like, they're or- going to hate it. Yeah. And then yeah. he comes out so, and like, Oh, not that bad. interesting approach. Yeah. So, and with what he's done with Thor, we got two Thor movies. We got space Thor and we got earth Thor and, like, Earth-Thor goes to space. Space-Thor was better than Earth-Thor. You know what I mean? So Ragnarok was way better than the last Thor that came yeah, out. Spore and or. Yeah, Spore and Or, yeah. Um, so, to me, with him doing a Star Wars project, it makes sense, right? Because he's done, you know, space-esque movies before where the, the rules are already kind of pre- pre-written and everything. Um, but here's the thing. As long as it, like encapsulate some of that. Like I would want, I want nothing more than like a lighthearted, fun, adventurous Star Wars movie. Like with all this, like with, and I know that that's kind of contrary to like what Star Wars is, you know, because it's like the end of the world is happening in every movie. There's this huge threat that, that our, that our heroes have to take down and all this stuff. But the, the Han, the solo movie, It was that way. It was like, the world's not ending. Here's some crazy shit that happens. We're going on Han Solo for an adventure. Enjoyed it. It wasn't, like, so serious. So if he can do something like that, I think I'll be okay with it, you know? Yeah. You think Disney
0: was like, I mean, it cut you off, but do you think Disney uh was like, why the fuck did he go out there and say that?
1: No. Uh-huh. I th- I think that he was going to be like, "Well, when people ask me what how the movie's going to be or anything about it, I'm just going to tell them it's going to piss people off because they're going to be mad regardless." It's a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I think that that was a, a like pre-planned. Like, you know what I mean? Cuz that's what I would do. If I was making Star Wars and I was given the oh, freedom yeah. or so, I'd be like, "You guys are going to hate it one way or another. It could, you know, yeah. you guys are going to hate You're it. Gonna so, hate I'm just going to
0: fuck you. You make one." Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You know? So, I mean, I can't help but think that you know, kind of like what you guys have already said. Though it's it's him addressing the uh, the the more toxic side of the fandom, but at the same he's, time,
0: uh, he's facing the Tonton in the room.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, for sure. Well, I think he'll. If I think he can, he can. He can absolutely pull off a, a good movie. Clearly, yeah, with especially with something like like Love, not Love and Thunder, but with Ragnarok, and you know, as long as there is someone there that can kind of rein him in from having a little too much fun,
1: yeah,
2: and keeping Takawa Titi from being too Takawa Titi, I think he'll be just fine. I, I don't necessarily, and not and not so much as not not as much of an invasive. Raining in to where he doesn't get to see his vision, but it's like, you know, it was that article that, that they had an interview with uh, Chris Hemsworth where he was straight up just like, yeah, we kind of had, we were kind of self indulgent on that one. Yeah. Which and, is
1: crazy because the dude that made Jojo Rabbit has to be reined in a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he flirted that line, but it was such a well constructed script, but he really flirted that line of like, is Hitler being offensive? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is this but, too much?
2: But yeah. But, but, I, but I understand, I understand my Adam was like, do you think they, they're like, what the fuck? Because I mean, we're still in kind of, you know, Disney's still kind of in some troubled waters right now. And I could see them definitely kind of freaking out at every little thing right now because they have all the reason to be, because, yeah. you know, things are looking kind of rough with their Star Wars Marvel department.
1: Yes. Well, here's the thing, though, Trav. There may be a silver lining in all of this yet. Because one Mr. Filoni is going to oversee Star Wars franchise as new chief creative officer for a Lucasfilm. What? They
0: like created yes. a title for him?
1: Yes. And a hat. They gave him a hat. Um... <laughs> Fresh off of writing, producing, and directing for Disney Plus series Ahsoka, Dave Filoni has now been promoted to Chief Creative Officer for Lucasfilm. The news comes just a little over a month since Ahsoka finished its eight-episode run on the streaming platform, which Filoni was unable to speak about at the time of its premiere due to the SAG-after strike. Filoni joined Lucasfilm in 2008 and began... Nope, after being offered a job by George Lucas that would see him develop the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars. Since that time, he's worked on a number of Star Wars projects and has slowly worked his way up the corporate ladder. The new position will see him work closely with Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and Carrie Beck, head of development, as together the trio will usher in the next crop of Star Wars movies and TV shows. Speaking with Vanity Fair about the new position, Filoni mentioned how his role will now see him get involved much earlier in the development process. In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into it. I would see it after it had already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. Filoni also mentioned how he won't be telling people what to do, but rather work to help them develop their creativity in order to tell the best stories possible for Star Wars fans. I'm not telling people what to do, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here. Like a part of a Jedi Council almost.
2: He's the lore master.
1: Yes. So base this is this is what I'm kind of picking up here. So this is hot off of the he- the hills of the st yeah, uh South Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, dude. Okay. So, and that's kind of where where I'm mm-hmm. looking at everything. They don't want to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy because how much of a backlash is that going to cause from a certain segmented yeah. population? And, dude, right.
0: I think she might, like, have some shit on some people. Because it don't mm-hmm. make sense. It's like, how much money do yeah. you want to lose Yeah. before so, you fire this person? But they're putting him...
1: He's she's going to be been replaced, figure.
0: but she still has a job.
1: Exactly. Like he's that's going to be happened. the five. Yeah, he's going to be the one that's like, we're going to do the Star Wars stories. I'm going to be involved at the ground floor. I'm going to be the the lore master, the story she's master. She's just a producer. Yes, that's she's just, going well, to she's be back a back to where she
0: should have been. Yes, exactly. Where she's always been.
1: Yeah. So I think, it, to me personally and then I'll I'll leave it here for the moment, but like I think that this is a huge W for yes. Star Wars. Everything that Filoni has done, just from what I've seen, and it's not everything, but from what I've seen, has been a huge W. So him being in a position to where he can help... You Steal know, the bus. Yes, yeah. where he can... Yes, exactly. Is going to help immensely, and it's going to pull other people and their interests out of it. Because at the end of the day... They want to make the most Star Wars, Star Wars stuff they can. We got to make sure that it's Star Wars.
0: Dude, whenever they like, we have these, he comes in there. It's like, all right, what do y'all have? Like all day long, he's like, "Uh," you know, well, "Uh, that's not really going to work. It's going to make people mad. Like that's not going to do well. And then by the end of the evening, they roll out one more project. And he's like, I hate to be that guy. Yeah. (laughs) But I am that guy. That's what I'm here for. You can't do this. Yeah. This can't happen. Yeah. And if it does, it has to be different. We have to work on it. But we all knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, and for I sure. expected um, Favreau to be in there with him, but I don't know if he would want to take that on.
1: Nah, I think he's got too you much other stuff going on. You know what right? I mean? Yeah. Had a
0: lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. But we all, with with Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Yes. I mean, and he made them money on the, the other stuff, the animated. Yeah. I mean this guy finally, when Lord, when's gonna be my time Yeah. He got it. They made him a and, chief creative officer.
1: Well and I remember seeing this thing and there was someone that was like Kathleen Kennedy was hand chosen by George Lucas to be the person that took over in his in his absence. <sighs> so to go against her is to go against what lucas would have wanted okay yes this is what people are saying now here's what i'm going to say lucas was a smart enough guy and a smart enough businessman that he put the people around him that did the best work that could possibly be done but he was also still involved right feloni is a key example here yeah he brought feloni in he's like we're going to do this animated series for sure he he takes him under his wing like a mama bird and teaches him everything. And then, so I think what Lucas actually meant whenever he handpicked his successor at Lucasfilm yeah. was like, let her run the business side of but
0: stuff. Use my people. I mean, I've got the and people. For,
1: yes. And Filoni's yeah. over here killing it with the story side, but somewhere mm-hmm. that power went to somebody. That's head.
0: it, dude. I was about to say that. And it just, the girl power. Yes. Just went to and, her head when, as soon as Lucas was out, Yes. Of the equation. It was like, oh, she was like a... Remember when uh, Frodo was like, do you want to take the ring to that chick? And she was like, uh, oh,
1: I can feel the power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I know that there's projects that are already in development, which is good because Filoni going to go ahead and get his hands in there. He's going to get his... He's going to get his uh, his claws in it and he's going to like... Basically, at hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, cross my heart, hope to die, that he's going to preserve the integrity of what Star Wars has always been.
0: He's earned the spot because, at that table.
1: Yes. So, and here's all I'm going to say. If he's able to get in there and course correct this ship and br- bring the Star Wars property back to what it was... It won't be long that he'll be over Lucasfilm. Well,
0: they had to have, uh, I'd say, 10 years of just not so good.
1: Yeah. Almost. Sometimes you got to go through a drought to appreciate it. Yeah, the and then
0: it's like, then this guy comes along and starts putting these banger TV shows out. Yeah. And he's like, i kind of been here the whole time. Like, he made us all love Baby Yoda. How yes. kind of cheesy is Baby Yoda? But he made us all love it. Yeah, Exactly. Like, Baby Yoda took the world
1: by storm. He made me give a shit about a bunch of characters that I'd never seen, or that there's seasons like of, of stuff. Good, that. It, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I didn't give two shits about Ahsoka or nah. any of those characters, but within three episodes of that Ahsoka live-action series, I was hooked, knew everything that I needed to know, and was along for the journey. So, what do you think, Trav? uh um i mean come on it's got to
0: be a little bit better i know we're not out of the hot water yet but
2: i think until it's a peace offering i i still yeah for sure and i want to be optimistic but i also think disney's gonna have to lose a lot more money before these ships get corrected the way that they should well and I and think not... the
0: writer's Strike has helped that. The the new oh, yeah. agreements, the terms, the streaming the stuff like we're gonna see stuff change.
2: Yes. I mean, and yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, clearly we're already seeing a lot of those changes start to take hold. Um But yeah, just I'm glad that at least at least the at least the guy that that gave us Clone Wars, yeah, it's not you know. James
1: Gunn, yeah.
2: Oh man, right. <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> we're getting to that shit. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I I like the idea that clearly the restructuring that's going on seems to be in audiences' favor. And, you know, only time will tell, man.
0: Have you guys yep. watched that South Park episode? No. i still seen not. Clips, Oh, but... dude, listen. That shit came out, and the internet clowned Disney. Oh, it's great. It's hilarious. And every bit of it's true. I mean, they got clowned.
1: That's what they need hard. sometimes. Hard.
0: And the day after it, they were like, so we're reshooting a snow white and we're gonna add in the dwarfs like yeah they changed their whole thing it was like why are they making fun of us it's like uh hello yeah do you get online at all yeah yeah get right. on twitter for just a little bit
1: yeah read some you see yeah
0: people don't like this shit yeah we want to go back to the way it used to be like you were yeah. talking with lord of the rings earlier Yes, like it's just—it's a movie, man. It's a show.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Don't a look message. up, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff yeah. like
0: that. It's like, oh, you ruined this. Like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you have a
2: message, sure. But sometimes people keep, work
0: it in, and they, it's tasteful. They do it nice. Keep, yeah, yeah, but for That's the most what I part, like.
2: keep. Keep the twenty-four hour news cycle out of my fucking. I don't want to
0: feel like I'm watching propaganda. Yeah.
2: Yes. You're not programming me,
0: of any kind, mind you,
2: of any kind. Like.
1: Yeah. And I think that there was a huge message that was shot out over the the lack of um, performance from the Marvels and some of the other things that have happened recently so you know lowest film
2: ever I saw those numbers ouch you know that burn yeah
1: yeah speaking of Marvel speaking of Marvel though we got a we got a a Marvel W in my opinion here so there's been some casting rumors that are floating around uh and two specifically that I want to hit on here Reed Richards may be played by Pedro Pascal and there's rumors that Galacticus could be played by Javier Bardem. Dude,
0: they've released a bunch of names.
1: Uh, yeah, now, they And have, I'm like,
0: yeah. is, this is a thing, right? Like, this is. They're in talks. There was sources that were like, this is looking like. Yes. It's gonna, this I is, think that's what this is what they're doing. This yeah. is that spot where now, all right, they're like, all right, we're thinking about picking this guy. Let's put it out there.
1: Yeah. And, and let's get the blessing
0: say. of the fucking internet, because you got to. Yeah. And it, it, blessings, you know? Yeah. We're not worthy.
1: But I think that, for me personally, I think that Pedro Pascal would be a phenomenal Mr. Fantastic. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. There, Of course, there's other people that they could cast that would probably like be more genuine to the characterization of Mr. Fantastic, but I think just from a pure actor standpoint and a performance standpoint, yeah. I think that Pedro is able to deliver... I think he would be very believable delivering some very high-level information to somebody else. And at the end well, of the day, that's what Mr. Fantastic does.
2: Well... Yeah, and I don't know if you guys seen the rest of the the uh, the Fantastic Four rumors and stuff like that. But one rumor is that the plot is that the film's going to focus around Sue Storm.
0: I did see and, a casting for her,
2: and apparently, and this is gonna—I mean, I don't—I mean, this might play into Pascal. Uh, into and, and his range and stuff, but they said that they're gonna write the script where it's gonna kind of shed a negative light on Mister Fantastic. hmm And I can see where they could do that, but why
1: in the first movie? Yeah, I mean that's because, dude. Like, there was a long like decades of where Mister Fantastic was like the Marvel dad. And then, like, whenever they started doing crazy shit, like whenever they sent Hulk out into space and the Illuminati and all that, that's whenever they really started kind of diving into Reed Richards' more logical but cynical side. So why are you going to pull those punches early? Unless it's leading up to, like, him doing some craziness with Kang, if that's what we're doing or whatever. Well, and it
0: could be a short run that they're going to use him for. 'Cause we're in that world now where there could be more than one. Yeah. You know. Well, I we're mean, there. And, so it and, could be a short run. I don't I don't see him sticking around for ten years.
2: I really no, not also, with his
0: kind of career, like
2: now it would be it would be interesting if they deal with it if they handle that type of characteristic in the way where he's he's the one that's seeing the larger picture and he's realizing that like you know kind of like you know he's the scientist that knows that you know to make an omelet you got to crack a few eggs and not necessarily in the evil way but like okay in terms of like the multiverse saga you know he realizes that timelines are going to be destroyed yeah like but he's gonna like he's gonna know it and that's gonna be some sort of reveal, like, later on that makes everybody, you know, during the big pivotal moment of a group movie where they don't trust each other, and the band breaks up for 15 minutes, yeah. They're gonna find out that he's been aware that all these timelines are caving in on themselves, or whatever, whatever the threat may be. yeah And he's aware of it, but he knows, you know, he knows there's nothing they can do about it. They have to focus on what they can. Right. But who knows? Yeah, I think it's I think it's an odd choice. I think it's very left field that it's Pedro Pascal, and, and not in a bad way.
1: Yeah, but well, and and it's... for me, for me, the odd choice is like you're gonna cast uh, Javier Bardem as Galacticus? Like it, okay, it makes sense. I get it, but like, dude, if that doesn't <laughs> scream Doctor Doom, That's I don't know. <laughs>
2: What are you talking about, Bendejo? That's your lucky moon. Don't just put it with the other moons.
1: I mean, he would be a perfect Doctor Doom, in my opinion. I think he
2: would be a really good Galactus. I mean, he's got yeah. his vocal delivery. Like, he'd be a great voice actor for it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And he would also be a great Mr. Fantastic as well. Because like, I
2: think I think a lot of, uh, like, like, people have been waiting for a long time. Time for a proper on-screen version of Galactus to show up, like good old-fashioned. You don't see the bottom half of his body; you just see him walking around the
1: universe. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are casting rumors, and nothing, of course, has been officially, you know, announced as of yet. But that's what we've got so far, and. I mean, hey, if they decide to go with these cast th- this casting, then sure, I'm for it. But you know, we we've seen a lot of rumors about a lot of Fantastic Four stuff, especially and, here lately. Yeah, Within and I think week. that like
0: the dude Eddie from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, as, Joseph um, Quinn. He's yeah, he's yeah, he's and I'm like, that's great. Yeah, that would that. That guy's great. We need we
2: need. What? Well, it's crazy because it had the scene went down in the fox universe instead of with the MCU and it's all the more reason why I think the MCU is ready for it and and needs this kind of moment to go down now cuz they always play safe with the heroes no one ever you know there's never a moment where where, where the hero really fully breaks bad and stays bad you know
1: right
2: uh but we need we need something. I was thinking about the other day. We need we need a new scene that harkens back to Michael Fassbender in First Class, where mm-hmm. he's picking up the Magneto helmet after killing uh, uh, Shaw. Yeah, and you're hearing Professor X be like, "Don't fucking do this! Don't do it! Don't do it!" And he puts the thing on and cancels out his voice, and like you have that moment where you're like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Bad guy confirmed, like, the 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 big betrayal. Yeah. And I think doing that with Dr. Doom, especially for audiences that aren't aware of who Dr. Doom is, they could still, I think, faithfully tell the Fantastic Four story and do some sort of reveal to where when Doom finally becomes Doom.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: It'd be... I don't know. I think we're, I think the MCU needs something like that to, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. So speaking of uh, Marvel here, Avengers, the Kang dynasty loses its director as Destin Daniel Critton exits MCU project. So amid recent rumors about a major change of direction for the future of the Marvel cinematic universe that seeks to leave, leave aside the story of Kang, the conqueror director, Destin Daniel Critton, exits Avengers The Kang Dynasty to focus on another Marvel Studios project. Uh, Cretton, who began his career in 2012 with the film I Am Not a Hipster, joined the MCU in 2021 with Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which, for many, is one of the best films of the most recent phases. Thanks to the positive reception of the movie starring... We know who it's starring. That same year, the filmmaker signed a multiple-project deal with the company, and in 2022, he was announced as the director of the saga's first major crossover since Avengers Endgame. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it looks like the Kang dynasty will have to look for a new director. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Cretton is no longer attached to direct the movie. The good news, however, is that the filmmaker's departure is related to his need to focus on another project he has been pending with Marvel Studios, the sequel to Shang-Chi, which was confirmed shortly after the release of the first. Uh, The sequel to Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings does not yet have a release date. For the second part, uh, Liu is expected to return as the titular character, surely accompanied by Aquafina and his best friend Katie and Minger Zhang as... I can't pronounce those names. Protagonist's younger sister. Um, So I know that amid some of these things there's been a couple of like shifts in schedule because we were supposed to get the Kang Dynasty and then Secret Wars right and I think Mm -hmm. that they're they're shuffling these around I think that they are moving the Kang Dynasty out and they're gonna like rush up Secret Wars
2: well I mean for what it's worth watching the Kang plotline play out what we have right now with the exception of Loki, mind you. And I know that's a a big integral part for sure, but watching the King plot and all of this has been like watching a car going down the road and it loses its spoiler. Now it's losing the hood. Yeah. Then, you know, the wheels are about to start coming off eventually.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like with with thanos you know you had you had a lot of breathing room in there because you know you see the infinity gauntlet in thor you see him show up at the end of the first avengers movie you see you know you, you get the well the, the
2: the story was naturally the story was able to naturally move to thanos yes because i mean even you know because even then you know whenever he was just Like, he was an afterthought at the end of Avengers. Like, it was just something they shoehorned in there. Like, they, you know, they weren't planning the Infinity Saga at that point. Right. And, but it was able, like, the storytelling was still able to kind of, you know, they were able to weave it in there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they need to give, like, to me it was a mistake to have Kang as the villain of the Ant-Man movie. Um, because I mean, you, like I, like I said, when we talked about that movie, like you see Kane get his ass kicked so many times, then how much of a threat is he realistically going to be unless he just shows up and starts killing people. So I think that them backing off of the Kang angle for a couple of years. And look, look, I love Jonathan majors. I, I want to see, I want them to allow the trial and everything to, to play out innocent until proven guilty and all that stuff. But it might not be a bad idea to just separate themselves from the Kang stuff for a little while, especially with the ender, uh, the ender, the end of um, Loki happening and like have him be a surprise villain that pops up at some point. You know what I mean? Like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, th-
1: they could still do the Kang dynasty. Let's do let's do an, uh, Let's do an Avengers movie. Let's bring in some Fantastic Four and X-Men stuff. Let's do another crossover movie. Let's do Secret Wars. Let's give it some time to breathe. Let's give people time to forget about Kang and start questioning Um, where Kang is and then have him show back up and start wrecking ass.
2: So, speaking of which, um, you you mentioned uh, a a few different things there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm aware of what the uh, post-credit to the Marvels is.
1: Yeah,
2: me too. Same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I saw it
1: on
2: Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. um So yeah, I, I have not see seen. the clip. I saw. No, nah, I read either. the description. Yeah.
1: I watched the clip. So, it's oh, on YouTube.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you
1: like yeah, yeah, a coworker.
2: Yeah, coworker dropped it, but uh, I mean, I think another thing too. I know we don't have to delve into it too long. I know we got to keep moving, but uh. I do think that one of the things that that has really fucked a lot of this up for Marvel has been Disney+. Plus. Yeah. For all of the quality stuff we have got in terms of like Loki and WandaVision, because honestly, let's you know, that's about it. Moon Knight. I mean, Moon Knight's its own thing, Griffin. You know this, brother. <laughs> like... I still have faith the Knight's
1: sons are going to show up.
2: Dude, <laughs> and I'm right there. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm faithful there with you, man. But, and, and I think those shows should absolutely reign supreme on Disney plus Mm -hmm. because those should, those are like, they they can do that without having them bleed into the movies because now in, in order to, to understand Kang's plot, at least to, 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 to experience the full Kang arc, you're gonna have to watch a bunch of movies now, then you gotta turn around and watch Loki,
1: yeah,
2: and you i don't know it's you've gotta it, it it you you can't there's a fine line between not treating your audience or like not treating your audience or insulting their intelligence and then just assigning them fucking homework
1: yeah. No, I agree.
2: And I think if they can get back to where let the buildups from the various films flow naturally to a given destination instead of, all right, guys, let's pump out six hours of, you know, maybe 30 minutes of critical information. Yeah. And... I don't know. I think that's one way to course correct it for sure. Which, I mean, I know we went over it before how Bob Bob Iger was like, yeah, kind of saturated some shit on Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah. Well, and and like I said, I mean, the the Marvel is going to have to pull a Star Wars. They're going to have to re-earn the trust of their fandom. And that's that's what needs to happen. We see that happening right now with Captain Marvel. Because... You know, th- there's a difference between like inclu- inclusion and 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 alienation, right? There's a difference yeah. between creating inclusion and and making interesting and unique stories that that focus around that, whereas it's you know creating movies and stories for people that. For the the people that are going to pay to go watch your movie, you don't want them to go pay and watch pay and watch that movie or give them any reason to. So I think that the next five years for me personally with Marvel is going to be how can we regain the trust of the um, the people that are actually going out and spending money on your movies and on your properties and and on everything that you're putting out.
2: Yeah, and and stop flooding the market. I know we were dealing with post COVID and there was the big, you know, halt and a lot of things for a little bit and we got our delays and whatnot. But I also feel like like say if say if like back during the Infinity saga if we were still trying to like build up to that story right now. If Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 had came out the way they were putting out movies then we would still be talking about it. We would have just gotten our November movie, the last Marvel movie of the year. And we like, cause cause that's the thing. Volume three came out, made a big noise. Everyone loved it. We enjoyed it. It was, it was a, it was the hit. It was the, it was the breath of air that Marvel needed. Yes. Now fucking crickets, man.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. No no one gives a shit about it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a large part of that's just because it's like, all right, guys, we're building up to Loki season two. Okay, don't forget we're releasing Werewolf by Night by in color now. Okay, all right, guys. Um uh The Marvels. Yeah, like
1: Sacred <laughs> Invasion, yeah. For the I
2: five know. people that give a fuck about the Marvels, like Yeah. But, yeah, man, I think if they went back to just simple releases, keeping it quarterly, kind of, like, do the same thing to Marvel that they said they're going to do with Star Wars. They said they wanted to bring Star Wars to, to back to a more event-level experience where, like, when it drops, everyone's like, oh, shit, fucking, the family's loading up. We're going to fucking spend $100 at the fucking theater today, you know?
1: Yeah, right.
2: Uh, do that with Marvel again. I mean, it's not
1: that fucking hard. Yeah, they're going to have to do some rebuilding. But speaking of building an empire over here, we do have casting news for Superman movie. So Nicholas Holt (laughs) is cast as Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. So uh, Nicholas Holt will return to the superhero genre alongside David Cornswet in the first official film uh, of the new DCU, playing one of the comic book company's most iconic villains. James Gunn himself had anticipated. James Gunn himself had anticipated news about new cast members for the upcoming film would arrive as soon as the actor strike ended. Days ago, Maria Gabriel, Gabriela De F- uh, Faria was chosen to play the engineer, and now it seems that Superman will also will be also coming up against one of the arch villains of DC Comics in his first appearance in the new DCU. According to Deadline, Nicholas Holt has been chosen to play Lex Luthor in the film directed and written by Gunn, which already has David Cornsweat and Rachel Bosnan on board to play Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Holt already played an important role within the comic book genre and the X-Men movies, portraying Beast, aka Hank McCoy, and was close to becoming the Dark Knight for the Batman, but lost the role to Robert Pattinson. In the months prior to the announcement of Corn Sweat as the uh, big star of Superman Legacy, Holt was named several times by insiders and outlets as one of the candidates for the leading role, and also for Luther with other names like Bill and Alexander Skarsgård also appearing as options. Uh, and then we know, who, uh, we know who Lex is and we know who Nicholas Holt is. So, what do you think, Trav?
2: First off, if he would have got cast as Batman in the Batman, that movie would have fucking sucked. I just I don't I don't see how he could have played Bruce Wayne. Uh I mean I've seen the fucking whatever Lincoln commercial he was in, like I fucking mm mm. But I mean maybe he can pull off Luther. Yeah, I mean, my expect—I'm keeping my expectations for this extremely low. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I—I want to—I want to go in and and leave a believer. That's my approach to Superman legacy.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: like this movie is going to have to win me over. Right. Um, I think. I think you can you can have a tonally different movie, obviously, than Snyder's vision. That's fine, but I don't want this weird, edgy. Let's shit on the Christopher Reeves top campiness. You know, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I feel like there's room for that. There, it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be a very self-aware movie. I agree. And I, well, I don't know if that's going to work for Superman.
1: Well, I think that I think that uh, Gunn's going to take a different ap- approach. I think that Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor is great casting. I like Nicholas Holt; he's got some great acting chops. I think that um, we haven't—I haven't seen a movie with him where he breaks bad in it. Um, and I think that he has the gusto to do so. I think that um he's gonna handle I think James Gunn is gonna handle Lex a little differently. I think he's gonna handle Lex as the president of the United States Lex, the every businessman. He's he's not gonna be the Lex in the suit with the kryptonite. Like he will be at some point. I think that'll be way on down the road. But I think that Lex is gonna be more or less a background player in the overall mythos of superman for at least one to two movies before his real presence and all that's known and i think that nicholas holt will do a good job at like showing showing audiences kind of like how michael rosenbaum showed audiences the like the likable side of lex and the uh you know that well
2: well well, when when the switch happens it's going to cut deep
1: yes exactly and i think that that's the the perfect way to do Lex Luthor's character. And I think that Nicholas Holt would do a fantastic job. Because you you shave Nicholas Holt's head and you uh keep him out of the sun for about three months. He looks very <laughs> similar to Michael Rosenbaum. Like they've got the same facial structure, they've got the same body type. I, I feel like it's good casting.
2: Um I know it would have absolutely no place in Superman legacy but there's there's a there's a point or there's a, a a a scene, I guess if you want to call it that. Uh, there well there's a part in a run called Superman Man of to uh a uh, Man of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. and it's like way in the distant future. Yeah. Um. Where, wait, wait, sorry, so sorry. It's not that. It's it's fucking All Star Superman. I'm I'm when I'm when I'm digging into the Superman vault, I get shit mixed up. But uh in All-Star Superman, there's this point where one of Luther's assistants has has walked in on Luther and Luther's fucking uh, in his in his studying in front of all of his computers, just fucking plotting and scheming, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it's showing, you know, all these different shots of super, like, you know, showing that he's obsessed with Superman, you know, all that stuff. And there's a part where the dude comes up to him and he's, he's, he's trying to, you know, he's relaying, you know, his mess, you know, his itinerary for the day, the Luther and stuff. And Luther's just like fixated on the computers and whatnot. And he's like, Luther, like, you know, trying to snap his fingers. Like, Hey man, you know, listen to me, you know, and all Luther goes into this spill where he's just like, All he says is he doesn't age because keep in mind at this point in the book or uh, in this comic, whatever, uh, Luther's like really fucking old. He's dying, all this kind of shit. And he's like Superman's, he doesn't age. He he looks just as he does now as he did the day I met him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's, he's, it's basically him going, "I, I need to kill this son of a bitch before I die. Yeah. And just that whole that whole exchange is so fucking good. Somebody's jealous, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well I mean it takes that classic, you know, the, the, the rivalry and it, it's it just I don't know, it just gives it nice soft, fluffy padding and just sits it on there like, you know. Yeah. And uh it would be cool if gun eventually gets to a point in in in, in this story. So yeah, but I I always thought that would be really fucking badass.
1: Yeah, I think and maybe
2: th- and maybe the casting will work, man. I hope it does, but I'm just gonna keep my my reservations, you know.
1: Yeah, I get it, and and but it's not an out of left field casting choice for me. Like with you know, he was in Renfield, and then he was in the menu, and he. W- I haven't watched Renfield, but he was great That's in the menu. Good. And I think that like it's, it's time Yeah. But he's played like comedy roles most of his time. Serious. He was in warm body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see him break bad. Like I'm ready to see the reserved like we know who yeah. Lex is. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, well he he's he's um I mean he's yeah, like you're saying, have those moments where he's he's straight up cold, calculated, yes. Like, you know, but you, but but we, the audience, know that he is fucking seething like a motherfucker right now.
1: Yeah, and he's batshit insane. He just like he show goes,
2: it. he goes, like yeah, like I feel like we're gonna get, we'll probably get a, I mean, with James Gunn, I feel like we'll get a copy and paste of the High Evolutionary, mm-hmm. but we're evolutionary. Goes two dimensional and just like snaps and freaks out and pitches his fits, yeah, Luther isn't, and we're gonna get depth with him, and oh, he's hopefully, do
1: that on the inside. <laughs> yeah,
2: and hopefully they they build up you know they build up that tension between him and 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 clark or or him and Superman because remember that's still the thing that that makes me kind of curious with James Gunn is he's like, yeah, with my d c u fuck origin stories, I'm just gonna throw them at you fucking deal with it and i know there's some heroes that we don't have to see we don't have to see clark can't get raised by jonathan and martha kent again we i know we don't have to see that shit but uh you know yeah there's just some things you know like for instance you can't watch a batman movie without bruce wayne in a cave surrounded by bats Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. like like it's all it's almost part of the iconography of yes of it all uh like we don't have to sit there and learn about him being like yeah i i fucking i got smacked by a fucking shovel and it didn't do anything i bent the shovel if anything like we don't have to fucking see that shit but you know give us a badass opening montage of like the boy becoming the teenager, becoming the man, and it's like, dude, he's, you know, seeing, you know, seeing a Superman montage, which would be fucking cool. I
1: agree. But I'm ready for trailers.
3: All I could hear was, like, the
0: whole thing I think is Bruce. The whole thing I think is Bruce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think (laughs) think (laughs) it's Bruce.
2: Shit. That fucking... That's the, the scene in uh, Batman vs. Superman, the, the opening where mm-hmm. he's fucking being levitated into the lot by the bats and you're hearing him be like, in the dream, it's always the same, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I see your Frank Miller fandom. Yeah. <laughs> you I see know? you.
1: I see you.
2: <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of the fucking, um, remember the big giant bat sequence in Batman Forever? Yeah.
0: Miller time, dude.
1: It is Miller time.
0: I had to scrape
1: the bottom of the barrel to get some trailers, y'all. That's a fine. A whole lot
0: happening right now, so
1: I already can feel that we're going to be podlocked on a bunch of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can I'm feel just it
2: ahead you know, time. I want a sequence now yeah. where where it's me and I, where it's me and Griffin sitting on like the deck of a ship, eating like an apple or something. And we're like, Adam, where are the trailers? And you're you're like off on the other side of the boat, and you kick Empty Barrel over, and you're like, I ain't got no trailers, they're empty.
0: We're fresh out of trailers, sir. More grog and more trailers.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: These trailers seem fresh. (laughs) Put them in 720p,
2: you know? Yeah. All right, gotta calm down. We found him on the indie websites. He didn't want to leave.
0: Well, <laughs> Jimmy the King, there. All right. A creature was stirring. It's a Christmas pills.
2: movie, right? What? Pills, <laughs> pills fat. Helmet? Pills fat people in Christmas. Okay. She's about to crack some nuts.
3: Mm-mm.
0: Something is wrong. You got an old-ass flashlight.
2: Should have bought energizers. Dude, the Elf on a Shelf movie is looking pretty good.
1: That candy cane odd oh, shit up, <laughs> dude.
2: Better get out of there, peppermint patty. It's always hungry and it never leaves, guys. What are we
1: gonna do? Very colorful. Yeah. They turn the saturation all the way up. What?
0: <laughs> what a tattoo.
1: Yeah. It's a choice.
2: I mean it looks good. I think
0: that's a spalion. <laughs> right. trailers anyone
1: uh no no I mean, no
0: ads for the trailers Everybody imaginary
1: good? you good trail yeah
2: I'm good <laughs> mm-hmm. this whole new genre of like toys
0: Chucky started it well no, it would have been Master of Puppets right what was that oh, yeah, was oh, that? Uh, Puppet, Master. Oh, Puppet, Puppet yeah. Master I said Master of Puppets I think that's the first,
2: well, I love how hey, these movies chauncey. are coming out like 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 this is the first time this has been done. you know see,
0: Chauncey said something, he said that meatloaf was dry,
3: bitch, chauncey.
2: Mm. Holy shit. Dude the Ed this. Ed and Eddie movie looks crazy. They're making Plank the bad guy. No, this is the horror version of Ted.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: can't see.
2: Dude, why did they steal your character, Griffin?
1: I don't know. They listened to the episode.
2: If only he had to laugh. mm
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, we? Nah, we call them demons, bro.
0: a shame what they've done to the song
1: yeah
2: look at that the whole time i'm watching this i'm just thinking of uh (sighs) i'm just hearing uh, whenever she was explaining the imaginary friends
0: yeah it's gonna make more money than it costs to film it i'll tell you that yeah and then there'll be another one
2: All I could think of was uh, when it was like, uh, it starts to get resentful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it made me think of Robert Englund's line in Freddy uh, vs. Jason. Being dead is one thing, but forgotten? Now that's a bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got a little Marky Mark. And mark. What?
1: Oh, no. We got ourselves a Transformer over here. <laughs> We got ourselves a King Arthur over here. I, don't know. I think know Calvin the Stone. He's going
0: to find dog, you.
1: Is, is this the, uh, the big budget version of. Uh... Baby?
0: Oh. Like Wishbone?
1: No, what was. Wishbone, yes. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. what I was thinking about. Yeah.
2: I know. Where you come from, little guy? Yeah. Looking what? For, looking no. for y'all.
0: Well, oh, there's a yeah. yeah. Transformer in the
2: woods? <laughs> yeah.
0: Optimus Come Prime fell down
2: a well. I, I yeah. got nothing for you, little guy. I don't, I don't, I don't play Frisbee. Yeah. I'm not a Frisbee guy. I wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. It's going to show him getting coffee, having a daily routine, and then this dog the just walks up and is like, burpees. I'm going to fuck your schedule and routine up, Mr. Man. I got a fucking, I got a lawyer. I got a board meeting at 10.30. What the fuck? A Chauncey over here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play it.
0: looks a little too happy already too happy on the pre-trailer
2: yeah
1: what did he do to that dog I think they're just filming Wahlberg's training regiment at this moment
0: is that shang ching
1: yeah
2: Shang-Chi not the other hey, I did he call it. This dog just fucking wanders up to his ass.
0: So he's doing like that bad murder. Yeah, that
1: Yeah. Oh, God.
2: Well, uh, yeah. A lot low of bad key, stuff's this, gonna happen. Low-key, this is probably a really wholesome good movie.
0: Dude, he's doing that thing, though. He does that thing where he talks like that really fast, always, like, He's like yeah. we got
2: to we got to get the fuck away from this cliff, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Recognize the chick. Oh, he's taking that dog home.
2: Oh, that dog gets all the kibble.
0: Oh, then he gets hurt. No, come on, man. Dude, that dog better not die in that movie. I'm already sad. Ah, that's the chick from Game of Thrones. I thought she looked familiar. Air grills is in it. Cool. I mean, so
1: we're we're podlocked, right?
0: Age restricted. Yeah. What is it? Oh. All right, right. Yeah, it's PlayStation Plus. I don't even have a PlayStation.
1: Mine's about MacBooks. All right, the teachers' lounge, A.K.A. No Man's Land. What was yeah. the the mature trailer? Uh,
0: hang on, hang on, I'll go look. I'm gonna play this though.
1: Okay. Shot uh, on film. <laughs> intact, Tag, baby.
0: Man, that's a lot of awards.
2: Ominous pan or ominous violin plucks.
0: It was Terrifier 3. Ah. Uh. Damn, is it really? Trailer can't be that bad. What's up with the aspect ratio? Yeah, right. What's
1: happening? I don't know, but I want to watch it.
2: I think she probably fucked one of them kids in the teacher's lounge. Oh. Because, I mean, there hasn't been one of those movies yet where, like, it's like the other way around with the grooming, you know?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Here's the secrets that she's keeping. Her old man knocked up a sheep. And oh, shit. We're getting the
1: sequel to the
0: guy to lamb? be right. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Joe Kinnaman's gonna be is. like, he's gonna be talking like, what are you doing over here? He always talks like out <laughs> of the corner saying. of his mouth. Yeah. What y'all doing over here? What are y'all doing over here? <laughs> what doing over here? <laughs> Peacemaker. What a joke. I like
0: her. She's in the drop.
2: Yeah. She's cute. Wasn't she in. Um... Girl with
3: a dragon tattoo.
2: Wasn't she in the uh, fucking Prometheus? She was. yeah she was the original girl with the dragon tattoo right
0: yep and the remake she was so good they put in the remake
2: oh i thought she i thought she was recasted by kate mara
1: oh he's playing a german okay
2: I feel like it's a twist where she's the damaged one and not him. No, she wasn't in the remake.
0: I've only seen the original. That was a
2: badass. That was a badass little quick shot pulling out of that stairwell into the.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, that movie looks amazing. I kind of want to watch it. Love ale.
2: The veil <laughs> pardon me while I ponder the veil, mhm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: HP Lovecraft Film Festival? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I read a comment. And they said this was. Someone was like, I saw this at HP Lovecraft Film Festival in Mobile, Alabama. Loved Ooh. it. He said, when it goes there, it goes there. Aurora Borealis. So it's aliens, right? I don't know, there might be time slipping. Then the face huggers show up.
2: Trailer ain't giving nothing away. No, but you know what I mean? that's another. One. Um, I wouldn't mind checking that out. That yeah, that's yeah. I'm down to watch for that trailer. I'll put them in the that and the teachers'
0: lounge.
1: The teachers' Lounge? The, the, the secrets no, the, we keep. That was the one. The secrets we keep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got Aquaman. Hawk, a, Aquaman.
1: Hawkwa. I got a. I have an trailer. ad for. Black like friday yeah. i've got one for squid games the challenge whoa the the reality tv thing all right, yeah i'm bad yeah i'm good
0: so all right jason mamona
1: jason
0: Ooh, this trailer's louder yeah i know the other two are... <laughs> were very quiet I don't know how I feel about this happy-go-lucky baby vibe. But uh, he may have, they may be, he's birthed his replacement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool that he's back.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Green Knight.
1: No, we got a baby. So he's going to kidnap the baby. They got to find him.
0: Puts a big rock on him. Yep. He took the baby. Damn, you called it. He must be stopped. Oh, he's going to get real mad when he takes the baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, it's Star Wars underwater. I mean, yeah. QR code, QR code, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, wonder what that goes to. Hell, I have to
1: know. I'm still excited to to peep it. You know, yeah. I mean, it still vi- was...
2: it still visually looks like a fun time.
1: Yeah, well, the first one was great. So,
2: yeah, it was it was a diamond in the rough,
1: man. Yeah, story of my life, diamond in the rough, dude. Oh. <laughs>
0: Leo. So it takes you to Amazon dot com mm.
3: mm-hmm. and
0: you can buy only in theaters December twenty second film for IMAX. You get IMAX tickets. Mm. I bet that does look good in IMAX. Oh they got some toys too. Cool. Oh you can get a fucking Sheesh.
2: Spill the beans, boy. What do you get?
0: <laughs> it doesn't show you. Oh no, it's
2: get one of them sick ass tridents. They got a black one and a gold one, dude. If only I could buy like a pack of thirty of them for like a
0: Gandalf staff.
2: Yes, yeah. and matching and matching church warden.
0: Yeah, I'll take it.
2: I'll sit there and ponder the precious.
3: All right.
0: <laughs> Why are you smoking for your pipe? Yeah. The penitent, dude,
1: speaking of that, he got some of that damn, that weed from.
3: <laughs> he was the out hobbit. there cheap.
1: Yeah, he was chiefing all the battle. <laughs> he couldn't keep it down, yeah. dude. Yeah. It was too much for him.
2: He's like, yeah, sure. sure. He's a hobbit head. The yeah. age of triple A title video games just going away. Yeah, but how?
0: Fortnite old
2: deep map.
1: He created a scandal and died. Leo. I mean, that what? describes everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: White shit. Oh.
3: <laughs> Leo. Boop. Bl-
2: It sounded like he said at the beginning, it's like he said, You don't get to fuck me.
3: Yeah.
0: Alright, where's the cops?
3: Mm-mm.
0: No T- cops. Home change. Trailer. There's snow. This dude's hair.
2: That is the Hindy Mel that Gibson. Dude, that dude shows up in every movie just to laugh with a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Violence. Oh shit! Give me that soundtrack, dude. <laughs> now it's time to kick ass. See
0: so fighting hyena
3: too.
0: Look, it's Hindi Mel Gibson, dude.
3: There's the cops
0: kicking everybody's ass. He has soul of hyena. Hell yeah! Leo don't take no shit, dude. No, Leo's a badass. Bloody He's sweet. He's a fucking
2: badass. Huh? huh. <laughs> Rest <laughs> in oh, peace. Yeah, You've got y'all got to clip that and soundboard it. Rest in peace. I have the token. Um, yeah, man, this is this this was a fun mashup, man. Uh, I was glad somebody made this.
0: Nobody's got an app. No, I'm good to go. the copy of the movie that I watched was looked amazing
1: yeah same
0: like how brave were they the hobbits went into battle Everyone there thinks they're going to die. Yeah. wordsmith yeah i
2: mean i mean dude i'm (laughs) it's like that meme i'm gonna tell my children this is what epic is
1: yeah right
2: i mean yeah complete wordsmith but also though peter jackson fucking he He took all that and just spat it on screen dude and i thought he did a great job with it
1: yeah W, you know Pinky's up Pinky's extended
2: so um what um what are we watching next week gentlemen
0: well Griffin said something about Oppenheimer earlier yeah I mean I mean I'm I, mean, I to want to watch all. I want to watch it the bomb you want to watch Vapenade I well,
1: don't it ain't thing. gonna be no doctor Strange love, but still though
2: no nah. it's gonna be three hours of um it's of gonna be watching acting it's clinic. Gonna be, like yeah, yeah. Three, and I stand. Three, three hours of uh dude getting his brain
1: broke by physics mashed away yeah oppenheimer dude it um, uh, it's kind of perfect, it feels like Oppenheimer is a Thanksgiving movie, you know,
0: yeah. I,
2: well and <laughs> I know we're wrapping things up, but uh uh you know, <laughs> to go to my argument earlier about Guardians three like kinda coming and going, sadly the same has kinda happened with Oppenheimer.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, when's the last time something came out and like stuck for weeks or months? Like in game?
2: I mean, you're right. I mean, really, since the pandemic, there hasn't been anything to really.
0: Well, the next Oppenheimer in the theaters is going to be Killers of Flower Moon. That's going to be the yeah. one where everybody's like, oh, yeah. you know, just <laughs> Flower Man. Get on your knees. <laughs> but I'm excited to watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of those creator. Dumb Money. We're mm-hmm. going to have some good weeks coming up. Killer. W They're all worthy. Yeah.
1: We're not worthy.
0: But yeah, the fucking the nukes in the mail.
2: And the um. flag is raised. <laughs>